Hey guys, welcome to the hot lap. Um, sorry there wasn't one last week, but there wasn't really anything to talk about apart from maybe a couple of liveries. Uh, and I thought the testing started started this week, so I should wait until the testing's done. Uh, before we get into it, I'd just like to thank all the patrons that sought me out for Musty um, Audio. Um, if you want to help the show out, head on over to Patreon, look for Musty Audio and sign up. I think I made a mistake, I think, in one of the other podcasts where I said you could start and sign up for a dollar. It's not a dollar. You can sign up for as little as $2. Um, and that means you get all the podcasts early and you get them ad-free as well. But if you pay $5, you get them all early, ad-free, and you get an extra one. Plus, there's a Discord server, and I should be I should be more active on the Discord server, but... You know, there's a lot of plates being juggled, isn't there? So I some, sometimes I forget. But through Formula One, I shall go onto Discord this week and I will set up a separate Formula One Discord so we can all talk about Formula One. That'll be lovely. Anyway, now that the like the rampant self-promotion is out of the way, um, there's a couple of things I thought I'd do, um, pull up. I mean... First of all, I haven't really spoke on Hot Lap about the cars, and there's now more cars out than there was last time I talked about them. Um, I'm surprised now I've seen them on the road, because when I saw the Alfa Tori, I thought, man, that's a beautiful-looking car. Uh, and I thought that was going to be my clear favourite-looking car all year. But it's the Williams. I think the Williams looks fucking great. Um, there's something about the front of it when it's head-on to you reminds me of... Damon Hill's arrows. Um, there's, it's just a really nice looking. It looks like a racing car, you know, like like lots of um, lots of racing cars these days can get very busy. But when we think back to sort of some of the classic liveries like the Rothmans, Williams, Renault, and um, the Braun. Braun's my favourite car of all time, not just because of the Jensen Button Championship, but I just thought it looked really cool. Um, I think it always looked like the simplistic cars always kind of look better unless you're going to put Sonic the Hedgehog feet on it, Williams. Um, and I just think that it, it's it's a nice looking car. Um, they don't seem to be in as much problems as they had last year, so I'm happy about that. But yeah, I just it it just it hits me as being like a really a really cool car. The the McLaren also on track I think looks a lot nicer than I thought it would do. Ferrari looks like a Ferrari, doesn't it? Uh, racing points, pink Mercedes. Um, uh, Red Bull looks like a Red Bull, and now apparently there's been something pushed on the Red Bull that, like, some of the aero stuff that they've got on the car, they think that trick is one of the reasons why they went with exactly the same logo again this year, was to kind of try and hide some of the aero stuff they've got going on in the car. Um, I think the Haas looks horrible. I think the Alfa Romeo looks um, boring. I think the Renault, all black Renault looks nice, but apparently that's just a test and livery, so who knows what we're going to get out of that when it's, uh, uh, when they when they pull the curtain off their proper car in Australia. But, yeah, I mean, that's 
it's a nice looking grid i think you know it's we've we went through a phase there of just having a lot of gray on the grid and i'm glad there's a lot of lot of color on the grid um maybe maybe too bright in the old uh racing point sort of camp but it is what it is and i think we're going to see a lot more of that car as well anyway um apart from just having like a little rambly sort of chat about this i i usually you come out of the first test not really knowing what's going on i think we i think we know a lot more about what's going on from this test than I might be making it up in my head, but it seems like more than what we would usually be able to gather from it. Um, Mercedes seem clearly ahead, uh, topped every t- every session, didn't they? No, they didn't top every session, but they had the fastest times, and um, it, they just seem to be going from they, they they've just picked up from where they usually leave off from, and they're obviously still a team that's like focused on pushing and I wonder how much of the the goal to get Lewis Hamilton ahead in championships of Michael Schumacher uh, I wonder how much that's helped to sort of re like rejig the mindset it's like yeah we've won but we haven't won one the war the war is still there I wonder how much of that there is because I think that's that's what refocused Lewis Hamilton I think after 2016 was realizing of what what he could achieve if he really but put his mind and dedicated himself to what what he was trying to do. So the interesting thing about the Mercedes, obviously, is well, two things, really. Two big things. Uh, the rear suspension is different to every other car on the grid. No other car has got the same uh, rear suspension philosophy that they have. Um, I'm not an engineer. I don't totally understand it. I know that they're, that they're, they're trying to set the suspension as far back as possible, I believe. Um, apparently it's very, very, very difficult to do, and that's why no one else has tried to do it. Um, it should, in theory, apparently, apparently slightly heavier, but it should give them more aero advantage as the air passes over the tea tray and then through the back of the car. I believe that it should there should be some extra downforce sort of generated from that sort of thing. Um. The obviously the big thing that everyone's talking about is this uh, DAS system that they have there. Um, what is it? DAS dual. What is it? Dual axis steering. Yeah, dual axis steering, uh, where they can adjust the toe on the front wheels um, by pulling the steering wheel in and out. So I believe it's when they pull the steering wheel out, it straightens the wheels up. And then when they push it in, like the wheels toe, so for when they're turning into the corner. Um, it's, I mean, you, you listen to people, what people are talking about. It, it doesn't seem to be the, um, like the wonder switch that the double diffuser was on the Braun, for instance. But it does seem to have a much wider use range where there's, there's, there's smaller but many more benefits than ju- like just, for instance, just giving yourself a little bit of extra down downforce, um, it's going to give you a little bit more top speed on the straights. The it'll help tires. Well, you can help you can cool your tires down more by having the the wheels straight on the straights. Or if you need more heat into the front tires, then you can tow them, and then it'll generate some heat in your in your front tires. 
this, that might be a good thing to do under safety cars. It might be a good thing to do under restarts. It might be a good thing to do on the first lap of a race to help generate heat into those front tires. Uh, sorry, on the parade lap. Um, there's there doesn't seem to be as many un, un, unless this is all going to bubble up in the second test. There doesn't seem to be as many uh, like complaints as I'd have thought thought there would have been for a system like this. And I think maybe that's because the teams know it's kind of a slam dunk that this is legal, and like Mercedes have just essentially done everybody. They've like out developed them here. Um, Sorry, I've been drinking coffee. Um, I, I I was reading before that the only thing that might pull them up legality-wise is the Park Fermi regulations because nothing on the car is allowed to be changed in Park Fermi apart from the um, the front wing. Now, and that's only only wing angle essentially. Uh, and there's teams suggesting maybe that if you can adjust the car this much on track, that it's a break of Park Fermi regulations. I don't know. It's a, even even it was a guy from Renault that was saying this, and even as he was as I was reading it, I kind of it was written in kind of a dejected way. You know, it's like oh, this is kind of the only way we can stop these guys doing something like this. Um, so I I don't think there's going to be any problems with it. I think it's going to give them an advantage. I think it's going to give them an advantage over most of the grid for the full season. Um, I think teams such as Red Bull, um, Ferrari, maybe McLaren as well, uh, because they've got those are the teams that have probably got the most resources and access to the brains to try and try and copy the system. But we've seen it before, haven't we? Like even with the double diffuser, for instance. Because I think it's a good comparison, even though the like, double diffuser was obviously like the fucking cheat mode for that car at the beginning of the year. But even when the other teams got on top of the double diffuser, um, they were it was it was kind of a poor imitation than this a system that was built and the car was built around having that system. So, will it even be as effective if somebody else copies it? Probably not. Um, I I can't help think that this I don't know if it's going to destroy the the showdown we've got because I still think there might be a there might be like a Max Verstappen shaped like hole in Mercedes's plans to dominate the season but they are definitely ahead at the ahead at the minute both Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton top of the timesheets Valtteri with a 15.7 uh, Lewis with a fifteen point six nine. Um, I, again, I don't think we can draw much from the times, but the order is. Uh, well, I think we can see because obviously, you, you, then you get like an Alfa Romeo in third, with third fastest time, uh, with the set almost a seventeen dead. Ocon with with a seventeen one was fourth, but it's when you see. When you watch the whole sessions, and I've I've watched quite a lot of testing, it's kind of not about the headline times at the end. It's about who was, who was there consistently, and how long were they there consistently for? Mercedes were consistently the the pace setters. Um, I do one one thing that did stand out to me was um, George Russell. 
because George Russell finished with like fifteenth fastest time over the weekend. Oh, sorry, over the three days with an eighty one eighteen one, and I'm tentative to say I think Williams are back with the cars. I don't think they're going to win races, but I think they might be back with the other cars, and I think they might have jumped Haas. Um, I don't think they're going to be the worst car on the grid this year. Haas seemed to be in real trouble because I, I remember saying this last year that if it was if, if I was coming into Formula 1, I'd have rather the seat with, with Williams than Haas because Williams were in a really bad state, but they at least seem to acknowledge that they were in a bad way. Um, I still think there's massive changes that need to go on in that team, like I've said, I've said many times. But there was at least positivity in the team, whereas Haas don't seem to know why they're not being competitive. I think I do. It's because they're since Alfa Romeo, sort of since Salba's been bought up and turned into Alfa Romeo. They don't have that Ferrari partnership anymore that they used to have, not not as tight as it was, and they're struggling as as an as an out and out customer team. They are struggling, so I don't I don't know what the solution for Haas is. I'm starting to wonder whether this is the beginning or th- this season will be the beginning of us wondering how long Haas will be on the grid for because they haven't got a lot of um, advertising on the car, if any. Um, the rich energy thing was fucked. The only re- the only way that that car is racing is because Gene Haas has so much money that he's floating the team. So, with without sort of a major investment into that team, I can't. I don't know how long. Even if you love racing, I don't know how long you just keep pouring money into Formula One. Um. The if we go through this, we're probably best off going through this on teams, aren't we? So I'm going to go through this on the or in the order that I think the teams are going to kind of get to Australia in the in this is this is where I think everybody lies. Uh, as I said, Mercedes uh, before I think they're clear front runners. I think Red Bull are a clear second and kind of I th- I don't know I don't know if they're sandbagging or not i do think there's a chance that red bull are much more on the pace of mercedes than we kind of think they are but we'll have to wait and see because there's we're we're talking a lot about the das system on the mercedes but the red bull isn't without its own little innovations as well um and they apparently have thrown everything at that car the the engine seems to be on par with mercedes now honda seems to have got what all the, all of all the woes that they had in McLaren out of the way, um, and they like they they seem to be on top of it. So maybe we'll see more if we see Red Bull start to creep up with the Mercedes and top on some timesheets next week. I think that'd be interesting. Uh, Max Verstappen seems really happy, and I can't remember. It was one of the journalists from Sky was saying that. Um, she always knows when the Red Bulls set up well because Max doesn't say a lot because he doesn't want to give away too much, and he's been given really short answers. Um, so yeah, it's. I still think there might be a fight on between Mercedes and Red Bull, but we're just going to have to wait and see because we just can't tell from one test. I think we can find the order, but the gap between the cars is very much different. Um, now. <laughs> 
The third fastest car here is an interesting one because you'd expect to at least go to go to Ferrari, but I'm not I'm not convinced Ferrari are the third fastest car. I actually think the third fastest car might be Racing Point or McLaren. Uh, if it is Racing Point at the moment, I still think that's a good sign for McLaren because although Racing Point have had this great hookup with um, Mercedes and that car looks a lot like the Mercedes, especially for like last year's Mercedes, um, McLaren do tend to develop really well. So even if Racing Point ends up where they are, I I can really see McLaren finishing the season in third position. I I I think it's I think it's it's I don't want to say likely but I don't want to say it's an outside chance it's just a really good chance that they can do this they could jump Ferrari and the the rest of the midfield I I'm in the constructors terms I don't think uh Racing Point quite have the team there to beat in similar cars the team of um, Norris and Science, so that's that might be might be their Achilles heel is a like what's helped Racing Point is Stroll Cash. What might fuck them up is Stroll Hands and Feet. So who knows? But it's it, it's looking good from for McLaren and Racing Point right now. It's not looking so good for Ferrari. I think they're in trouble. Um, there was mutterings before testing even started that they were in trouble. Mario Bonotto said um, that they might be behind Mercedes in Australia, but uh, into the season they they can catch them. And modern Formula One, that's it. You're done. You can't. You know, you need to be there. How often have we seen Red Bull? Like when Red Bull have been out of championships for so long, it's because they've started the season badly. Um, also, the the problems Ferrari have got, I don't think it, I, I don't think the drivers are going to help this either. I can't I can't see the relationship between the drivers and the teams getting better through the course of the year from like from last year. So they they've, they're going to have so many so many broken bottles that they're trying to juggle, and I can't I can't see them pushing the te- a team forward in this situation. Uh, it's going to be for, for someone like me that. I, I mean, I like Sebastian Vettel. I'm not over the moon about Charles Leclerc, um, and I'm still I still don't particularly like Ferrari as a team. So I'm, it's it's a shame for Vettel, but I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna find whatever happens to Ferrari through the year quite funny. Um, the uh, behind Ferrari, I think we have um, so uh, Alpha Tori. Uh, Alfa Romeo, Williams, and then Haas. Renault is a all right. The reason I left Renault out here is because I'm not sure where they slot in. I know they're not at the back. I know they're not at the back, but I'm not sure where they slot into the midfield. Um, they seem to be having issues. the The midfield seems to have taken a step towards the top teams, like like I said about McLaren and Racing Point, especially. So I wouldn't be surprised to see. Uh, Renault behind Ferrari and keeping the uh, Alfa Tauri's company, maybe with uh, Williams sort of snapping on the back there, and we'll see what Haas do. Haas, Haas have had such strange years 
you know, you, you just can't tell where they're going to be. I just, I know, well, sorry, I think I know. They're just, they're not going to have a, a good year. Um, uh, But apart from that, one thing I did find interesting was the fact that we haven't even got the first test out over and people are already starting to talk about where people are going for 2021. This is going to be something that runs through the entire season. Um, Daniel Ricciardo, I think, has made a massive, massive mistake with his team choice. Um, I'm... It's, it was a $40 million contract, so you, can, you can't forget that when we're talking about these things. How many, um, how many mistakes have you made and then got $40 million for, do, for doing it? So I don't, I don't know how far we can go with the sort of mistake chain. But, I, you know, he was... He looked every bit like he could be a world champion when he was in Red Bull. You know, it's, it, Max Verstappen was, had got on top of him, but not by a a huge amount. You know, he hadn't been massed. Um I just I can't see where he goes now. He can't I I don't think he's going to stay in Renault. I mean, already he said a couple of things about Renault this year that everything's a bit more relaxed and he doesn't feel like he has to um lie essentially about where he thought the team was. He could be a bit more honest. Now, apparently that's rubbed the team up the wrong way already. That he's say, saying things like that. Um, he also doesn't want to become like <laughs> he doesn't want to become too political with these things because the last thing you want to do is turn into another Alonso. So, I I don't see him staying in Renault. I don't know if he could go back to Red Bull, but Max is there as the de facto number one. I think if he could get to Ferrari. I think if Sebastian was to leave Ferrari, um, I think Ricardo's better than Charles Leclerc. I think he could get on top of Charles Leclerc if Ferrari sort of would allow that to happen. You know, it's, we know how Ferrari can be sometimes with their with their preferred drivers. Um, I think I think if he if he was given the freedom to just do what he can do in Ferrari, he he would probably get on top of Charles Leclerc. Um. There's talks of Carlos Sainz being linked to Ferrari. Um, a move for Ricardo to McLaren probably wouldn't be too much of a bad move, considering like it was he was McLaren's first choice. The only reason Carlos Sainz is in McLaren is because Daniel Ricardo decided he thought Renault were the better option. Um, I. I'd love to know what was said. I'd love to know the promises that were made to Daniel Ricciardo um, and what you know, where he, what he feels. Because if he's been promised the moon and promised like we can do this, we can do that, and they've essentially fell backwards. Like since he joined the team, right? Renault, uh, Renault haven't been much worse than than they have been. Like they just seem to be completely at sea. And I I think we might see them pull out and be, and that team just become another. Independent, uh, independent racing team again. So you've got to wonder how long Renault are going to keep themselves in for. There's also talks like I mean I I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago on Three Legs Four Wheels that uh, Fernando Alonso going to Racing Point wasn't wasn't 
a ridiculous idea. I think the technical tie-in that they seem to have with Mercedes would, would now makes that more likely in my eyes because the, he can't go to a top team. None of the top teams are gonna uh, will want a fifty-year-old Fernando Alonso who's oh no, is he fifty? He can't be fifty. Fucking shut up, Lee. Forty? Is he forty? Um, no, none of the teams are going to want a forty-year-old Fernando Alonso, given the um, reputation he's got of disturbing teams. So, unless Ferrari, for instance, completely lost faith in both their drivers, um, Max Verstappen isn't going anywhere in Red Bull. I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think Fernando Alonso would even want that. I think like that, regardless of whether he could beat Max Verstappen or not. Uh, I, that would just be the like. Th- it would be great drama. It would be great for us to watch. But fuck, come on. Would you want to manage it? I doubt it. Um, Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton would have to leave. I don't see that happening. Um, Valtteri Bottas, I think, will he almost has to win the world championship. I think to keep his seat because I don't see the. I don't see the point in keeping him if he can't do that role. He's not he's not a young driver anymore. There's not going to be a huge amount of time extra in him than there is over Lewis Hamilton. It's kind of kind of in the George Russell's boat, I think. What he can do if he if Williams can give a car that's capable of, you know, scraping into two, into Q2 and he can start like surprising a few people because about that was I think the problem for him last year was he did a really good job in Williams but because of where Williams were we could never see it you know it's even um I mean look at Kubica Kubica was in the test wasn't he for Alfa Romeo and he was quicker than Giovinazzi so that points more towards like maybe Kubica had a much better teammate than we thought he did maybe Kubica was doing a much better job than it seemed he was doing. But, you know, it's, I mean, he didn't out-qualify George once. No, George Russell has been never been out-qualified by a teammate so far in his Formula 1 career. Um, be interested to see whether Latifi can uh, can end that. Be be awful for him if it ended in Australia. There's no drama then, is there? So, uh, but I still think George has got a good chance of getting his frame into that car. I don't, I wouldn't put it past uh, Stoffel van Dorn making his way back onto the Formula One grid. He is driving for Mercedes in Formula E now. He's been signed up as the test driver for Mercedes. Oh, sorry, reserve driver for Mercedes. So I don't know whether we'll see him get like an FP1 here and there. Maybe I doubt it because the the top the top teams tend not to do that, do they? You know, if you're if you're battling for world championships and stuff like that, you can't really have somebody take your seat for a morning. Um. But I, I love I love driver movement rumors, and with all these contracts being up, and the there's so much to be gained next year from a smart move. When you have such a big rule shakeup, I mean, there's a technical tie-in with Mercedes for for Racing Point. They're going to be rebranded Austin Martin next year. I mean, all it takes they they've proven they have the brains. Like they they've worked on such a low budget and they've constantly done better than they should be doing, given the budget and given the problems and the politics that surrounded that team. 
like a bit of stability, there is no reason why that team can't push itself forward. And if like the the whole idea of Lawrence Straw buying into um, is it's Aston Martin, isn't it? Sorry, I'm say I say it wrong. Uh, the reason he's bought into Aston Martin and he's bringing it to Formula One is he wants to build the brand of Aston Martin because that their brand isn't you know it isn't what it used to be. I think the company's losing money. Uh, it's a big gamble, like it's a big business gamble on his point, but. Formula One can do that for a car manufacturer. I always point back to when Fernando Alonso won uh, the World Championship in Renault. Renault's car sales went up 200% when Alonso won the World Championship for Renault. Um, it's things like that. You just can't. They're, they're, they're intangibles. Now. I, it, it confuses me because I can't. Who's watching Formula One going, who won the World? Oh, Renault won the World Championship. I should oh shit, I should, should I buy a Renault? Who thinks like that? Anyway, I don't know, but it's crazy. But we we, we head into the next test now. Next test starts on Wednesday. Then it's two weeks until the first race. I think it's two weeks after that is the first race on the 15th of March. Weekend, week, weekend, weekend beginning on the 13th of March. Um, as it stands, I will be surprised if we don't see Mercedes run away with a win, I'll be surprised if Red Bull can make the gap to attack Mercedes. But who knows? It's first test. But I think the tester now is, uh, especially with with losing the extra testing time, that there isn't as much room for gamesmanship as there used to be. I still think Red Bull are hiding something, some pace. I don't think Ferrari are. I think they are in awful trouble, and they un- unless they can, unless there was there's something that when they get get the car back to Maranello and they look at the data and they say, right, we just need to do this, this, and this, and it will put us back with Red Bull. I I think I think they're going to find themselves heading into Australia, top of the mid pack. Oh, sorry, not I. I don't really want to call what McLaren and Racing Point seem to be doing mid-pack because one of them is going to be the third fastest car. So I wonder if we're going to end up with a pack that's kind of split again where we've got Mercedes in front, Red Bull just behind, Gap, McLaren, um, Racing Point, or Racing Point McLaren, Small Gap, Ferrari, the rest of the midfield, Renault, Alfa Tori. Uh, Alfa seems to be a lot easier for me to remember. I struggle with rem- remembering when teams rebrand themselves. I've never really liked the name Toro Rosso. I prefer Alfa Tori, so maybe that's maybe that's a good thing for me. But anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed this week's hot lap. Um, we will be back next week. We say I say we will be back. I will be back. Um, next weekend, and we'll do a roundup of the new of the newest test, and have a little bit of a natter about what we think is going to go forward to Australia. And then Formula One is back rolling, isn't it? So you'll be you'll be hearing from me a lot more regularly because there'll be loads more stuff to talk about. Um, thanks anyway. Thanks for everyone that's um, that's been ask, asking me for, to do these. You know, it means a lot because. I understand that you like listening to like three legs, four wheels and stuff like that. And 
there's a lot of us having different opinions but to listen to me for like 45 minutes to an hour talk about formula one and the fact you guys enjoy it and it's uh con- consistently when i drop a new episode of hot lap it is must see audio's most downloaded loaded podcast and that warms my little heart that you want to just listen to me talk um as i said before if you want to help me do this and help me do more stuff um you can get uh, you can get onto the patron and just sign up for like two dollars just to get rid of the adverts and you'll get you'll get your own little link for the podcast for those of you that don't for those of you that don't use Patreon, uh, what you get is when you sign up for Patreon, you'll get an RSS feed. Um, you can put that into your podcast app, and then all the podcasts will come through that instead of just like your normal. They'll still show up in the same place, but it's it's just scraping it from a different place. So when I upload the podcast to my normal podcast host that's when adverts and such get served on it so you'll get you might find i I try and keep it like maybe an advert an hour sort of thing one at the beginning advert an hour and then out so there's usually only like one one lot in the middle of the short short podcasts um but you can get rid of those and realistically the money i make off and off you listening to the adverts um i i make nowhere near a dollar a person for the adverts like nowhere near we're talking naught points of sense that you make the only um the only reason i even do it is is because it takes some of the sting at the end of a, uh, the month it takes a little bit of the sting out of the server costs that's that's why i put the adverts in um if everyone like if every if everyone signed up for patreon i could just stop doing the fucking adverts it'd be great but anyway uh You'll get all the podcasts early, as I said before. You'll get them ad-free. And if you if you sign up to the $5 tier, you'll get an extra podcast with me and Martin. Review, well, we'll watch a movie with you. Um, I'm thinking as well, the new, new season, probably on a Thursday night UK time, around 7 o'clock, I'd have thought. Right, 7 o'clock Thursday, I'd have thought. The, the day before practice, that'll work. Um, I might do like a little hangout on patron so if you sign if you sign up to the patron i might do like a live hangout for patrons where we can just get together and talk about formula one or talk about whatever you want really you can bring up whatever musty audio stuff you do but yeah i might do like a live video chat hangout um if you're interested in that drop me a message on twitter at a total shunt and if enough people if enough of you are interested in in taking something like like, like that up i will make sure it happens Apart from that, um, thanks a lot, and uh, I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Champions! World Champions!